0: Retropod is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Drink responsibly. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. So we're standing here in the probably the coolest museum you can't get into in the Washington, D.C. area. So unfortunately, CIA Museum is not open to the public. It is located here at CIA headquarters, and you need operational justification to come on in. The museum serves sorry I just want I don't even interrupt, but you, you can also get here if you have a podcast. That sounds operational. That's Robert Beyer, the director of the CIA Museum at the Intelligence Service's headquarters in Langley, Virginia. The museum winds around several long hallways, and the materials there have been declassified to explain the CIA's history and mission to incoming case officers.: We went there and to the new Spy Museum in Washington, D.C., the one you can get into. For the next five days, we're going to tell you some incredible tales of subterfuge, daring missions, assassins, things that will just plain blow your mind. And we thought we'd start with a rat. I'm I'm putting on an extremely tight latex glove. No, not a snitch, not a turncoat. Um, I'm putting on a glove because I'm about to reach into a box, and this box contains a rat. And this rat has a very large gash uh, in his belly. Poor rat. This rat has been dead for a long time, Uh, and the important thing about this rat is that this rat helped us in the Cold War. This rat, it's usually hanging on the wall of the museum but I was allowed to hold it and look straight into its beady little eyes to help explain just how crafty the CIA was in trying to outsmart the Russians. Actually, I've got an expert to help.
1: My name's Janelle, and I am the deputy director here at the CIA Museum.
0: Janelle Nysis knows a lot about rats, and even more about how spies operate.
1: So for us with the CIA, we can collect human intelligence, which is using human assets or agents to give us information overseas. And oftentimes it is far too dangerous for our officers to ever meet in person with one of their assets or agents.
0: This was especially true in Russia during the Cold War, where KGB officers vastly outnumbered American spies and kept a very close watch on them. Face-to-face meetings were nearly impossible.
1: So instead, you would deploy a system of dead drops. You would have agreed-upon locations where they would be placed, and you would use the object to conceal and protect uh, something like film or any other intelligence that needed to get passed back and forth.
0: Which is why the rat I held had a very large gash in his belly. The goods were sewn inside. Then the rat, dead, very dead, was left at a predetermined location.
1: The idea is, is you want to make sure that whatever dead drop you create is either disgusting so that no one picks it up or blends in with the surroundings. So in this case, if you're working in an area like say Moscow or elsewhere in the world, a rat on the side of the road is going to do both of those things. No one's going to really notice it or pay attention to it. And if they do notice it, they're not going to go and pick it up.
0: Humans, that is. Very early on in the CIA's employment of rats, the agency faced a rather gnawing problem.
1: The problem, though, was with our scientists that were working on this, with our technical officers, is when they were testing it, they realized that they didn't necessarily need to worry about humans picking up these dead drops. They needed to worry about cats or animals coming along and picking up dead rats that were being used as dead drops.
0: Darn cats. But the CIA didn't abandon the dead rats.
1: So they did some tests and tried a variety of different sauces, hot sauces, things like that.
0: That's right. To beat the Russians, some very creative and presumably high-ranking American intelligence officers doused rats in hot sauce. But here's the thing about the hot sauce. For some cats, it wasn't hot enough. It literally didn't bother them. Imagine how many wings they could put back on wing night. Anyway...
1: And they finally settled on something called wormwood oil. So I have no idea what the chemical components of wormwood oil are.
0: But but it must taste awful. It must, yeah. Yeah. I had so many more questions. How did officers go about getting the rats?
1: So, I mean, I can't go into detail of where we were procuring these rats from.
0: But the next mind-boggling anecdote she told made pretty clear that the rats, well, they weren't always locals.
1: So my favorite detail about the rats is sometimes the rats that they were using weren't necessarily, uh, they didn't necessarily look like the rats in that location or that region. And so one of the officers I spoke with said that they actually had to use uh, men's hair dye to dye the rat's hair to look authentic to that specific place.
0: At some point then, the officer has to say to the person who's helping, we're going to need you to put that information inside the stomach of a rat. Do you know anything about how these uh, agents were able to be convinced to do this by these officers?
1: Well, so one of the things with the Cold War, some of the most highly valued assets that we were working with, they were working with us because of this idea of shared ideology, right? They didn't like necessarily what they were seeing in their own country, and they wanted to help bring about a better change, a more positive country for the future of their families. And so that's a motivation that I think brings people to a point where they're more willing to do things, right? Our officers are also risking their lives. So something as, as disgusting as putting something in a rat in the grand scheme of things isn't that big of a deal when you're, when so much worse could happen to you.
0: What secrets were actually passed back and forth with these rats? That we'll never know. But the secrets and the idea of placing them inside very dead rats were important enough for the rat I held in my hands to be included in the CIA's museum. I guess they would say rigamoric mortis or whatever has set in. This is a very stiff rat. I mean, it's not a rat that you'd hang on your wall. Unless, of course, it helped the Cold War. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow the show this week for more stories of spies, subterfuge, and intelligence, and you can always hear the show at washingtonpostcom retropod Retropod is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka and WP Brand Studio. Buddy was America's first seeing-eye dog in 1928 when he helped his blind owner navigate the busy New York City streets. Learn more about other retro dogs at washingtonpostcom titos